Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flamon is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic book shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? This is Pat the Talking Bearskin Rug, and boy, has it been a year. 2016 will probably go down as one of the craziest and most insane, unpredictable years uh, in in modern history. And uh, with that being said, we are here to uh, share with you guys some of the um, the best of Flame On. Best and worst to flame on, I guess you could say. Uh, it's our year in review, and this is our chance to be able to put out a little bit of a sampler for those of you just joining us uh, on this journey and to catch up on some of the things that we did and discussed this year. In addition to that, you are going to get to hear the picks from our cast of characters on what their favorite pop culture moment or item or thing or whatever it might be was of this past year because even though there was a lot of craziness and a lot of sadness and a lot of just downright deplorable things there were some bright spots throughout the entire year and while we are hoping that you all are celebrating a happy holiday with your family whether biological or chosen we would like to share this with you so sit back relax enjoy some of the Highlights of 2016 with us at Flame On, and I will be back in just a little bit. Hey, Flame On listeners, it's Brian. Uh, I'm here with my pick of 2016. It was really hard to come up with one thing that I felt like best encapsulated this year as the top cultural pop reference of the whole year that was an epic dumpster fire of all time. But I have to give credit to how it started for me in the beginning of 2016 with the David Bowie album Black Star. Um, most of you probably heard me talk about this on Comic Bears or Flame On, but this album, of course, was David Bowie's last album and was 
very affecting in that it was a work that seemed to presage the end of his life as an artist. And if you kind of value or you're into art as a statement of life and as a statement of self-expression and all that stuff, it is sort of fascinating to see a piece of art, not that outlives an artist, but that really kind of speaks from the artist after they've passed with such a, a authoritative or author voice. Like Bowie's Black Star has in all of its tracks this 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 voice from beyond that is like talking about him as someone who is not there and sort of reflecting on him his situation wherever he is whether it be heaven or the afterlife wherever you want so it's really cool and unfortunate of course but it's kind of really impressive that he was able to craft an album that could serve as his swan song that could serve as the last work in his career of magnificent amazing things i'm a huge bowie fan and this album is just the peak of his career surrounded himself with amazing musicians and producers uh tony visconti who's done a lot of his stuff uh donnie mcclasson who is a a rock jazz power horse like of the new york jazz scene like this dude will blow your mind with his amazing sax playing and even if you're not a sax fan like you just think it's cheesy or whatever you got to check this guy out. He's really amazing. And it's kind of awesome that Bowie's last album, being that David Bowie was a sax player, uh, like myself, like many others, like this is his return home to that instrument that sort of started him off into uh, his career. So uh, Black Star itself, great music video, very affecting, very dark and sort of foreboding. But really, I think Lazarus itself uh, as a video and as a song really stands out as that statement of post-life, post-career, looking back and reflecting on where they are now after they've gone. And, and, in, and the whole idea that art is fleeting, our time is limited on this planet, and even at the very end, you're just scrambling to put things out and make a statement and be an artist. And again, that's, I'm sure, very reflective of how he felt in those last days when he was dealing with liver cancer. So... You know, we should all hope to go out in such an amazing blaze of glory as David Bowie. So 2016, you were a crappy, awful year, but you gave us some amazing art. And I really am grateful that Black Star was one of those pieces. And that is my pick of the year. We are going to start today with a very important Apple, and I mean the company-related news item. And it's on the agenda. It really doesn't fall under in our normal categories, but I do want to talk about it because I have opinions, and I think somebody in here talk about the tech, a little the tech bit. Aspect. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. every now and again we've dropped tech in here, and I'm sure someone in this group is going to disagree with this. But of course, we are talking about the internet sensation that is uh, the missing audio jack on the Apple iPhone Seven. Now, already I can tell Oral thinks this is not really that exciting, or what? You had I saw the eyes. I no, saw go the ahead. No, no, I, no. That's it. That's literally it. They put out a new phone. They don't have an audio jack, so you can't plug in your traditional headphones. They have a way. Uh, they call them the uh, AirPods. I think there's right? AirPods, which are the new headphones. They're wireless headphones. They're itty bitty, super tiny. But not even that. It comes with a dongle. But I was just about to say that yeah. it comes with a dongle. It comes with, with earphones still in the box. But you have to attach what looks like a 
maybe three quarter inch attachment to your phone to then plug in your headphones. So as uh, my friend Harrison pointed out, it'll look like he's pulling a transformer out of his pocket when he has to take his phone out. Mm -hmm. It's true. Now, I guess the, the question really is, is Apple convincing society by doing this that the days of the headphones, the earbuds, if you will, are, are, are limited, at least in this traditional wired sense? And is this going to stick? I guess that's the interesting part to me. I mean, if you're – to me, it's like, hey, everyone, Nikola, Nikola Tesla here. I've got this really cool thing that I've created. It's a cage. And I'm going to do some really awesome things. You just have to bear with – nope, going with Edison – all right. And like that's that's the way it is. Like yeah. everyone uses their headphone jacks reports. Like now Bluetooth speakers are coming. Yes. Really what you should have started with, and I'm going to override this conversation <laughs> with. So what? it's Star Trek's 50th anniversary. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's right. Oh, I know where you're going. Yes. I know and where you're going. I saw it in uh previews magazine because you know that's where people can order comic books and like memorabilia from mm -hmm. or like shops can or whatever. Of course. I saw something that I have to have. And so for the 50th anniversary, they're coming out with a with a Star Trek the Next Generation communicator badge that doubles as a Bluetooth speaker. Yes. And receiver. And you can um answer and end phone calls you can pause and play music and you can activate like siri and then siri's google How android equivalent on one touch moist. it's one touch you say like pause no, play no you whatever. literally no, it's you, one touch you if do you're what playing they, music yeah you do what like, they did in the show oh i yeah. got gotcha, you i got gotcha, and you okay. tap it it's awesome because it one, makes the noise it makes it chirps of course two it is the future. The future is here. The future is now. It is $80, which is far cheaper than... That's half the cost of the AirPods. Yes. It's something that I want. I'm not going to... I'm not going to switch to AirPods. AirPods, to me, don't really make a lot of sense. I mean, like, I, I, I take that back. They do, but at the price point of $150, where they're... I don't think they're noise-canceling. Like, they're just... Wireless they earbuds? look like traditional mm -hmm. ear pod, earplugs or earpods. I can't whatever justify it. Yeah. I can't headphones justify it. with just a little bit of a, a dongle, a little that, that comes down your ear, and I think that's partly for the receiver. No. But the, here's my problem with this, and I've always had a problem with Apple for doing it. This they have these proprietary standards that they put out. This is not Bluetooth; it's their own thing. It's on their own ship, and no prior device will support it. You have to buy new devices to support it. Yep. Now I get yeah. it, and one of my favorite companies in the world, Nintendo have done this for years, and I do absolutely have a double standard because I let them get away with it. I know it. you do. But that's because it's a small little gaming thing and not the technology I use all the a time. A small little gaming thing? Well, not small, but it's relegated to gaming. Nintendo's really never gotten around to stick as far as, like, the home PC for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, it's a game. It's a game console. So who cares if we do their proprietary bullshit? Apple is putting out the cell phone, which a lot of people have, and it still supports Bluetooth, which is fine. But the fact that you can't take how many of your little... Uh, quarter or eighth inch jack earplugs that you have. Earplugs? Why are you saying earplugs? So many. So many little earbuds hanging around. One in your car, one in your backpack, one in your several in your drawers. Like, and you're just going to make that obsolete. That's my problem. And again, technology moves forward. Things eventually get replaced. I just, eh, I don't but like it. The thing with that is this is something that's been around for a hundred years that hasn't needed to be changed because it still works. 
It does its function flawlessly. There is no issue with the jack itself. If Apple had done this and the whole quote-unquote reason that they kept on talking about before the 7 was announced was if they remove that jack, they can open up space to do more or shrink the profile of the phone. You got none of that. You got a second speaker, which you don't need to remove the jack for because other phones on the Android ecosystem have done that. They say that with removing it, it you can now make it water resistant. I won't say waterproof because it actually has a less uh, less of an ability to be underwater than the Galaxy S7, uh, 30 minutes versus 60 minutes. You've done nothing with removing this headphone jack to advance your technology. You've done it to be different. The same, it was kind of the same way when they did the lightning port. You removed this, or you changed this adapter on your phones to move forward to potentially have something that you can do that it just, there is no, it does, it's really hard to see what the benefit is right now. Maybe in three, five years, they'll do something that will necessitate or show that this was worth it. But I don't think it's going to change the world's ecosystem. This isn't like when Apple as a company moved away from floppy disks and, you know, the five and a quarter and the three and a halves that didn't have the space capacity to hold that data that we needed and moved to CD-ROMs. Like there, there are things that they've done that have been great and have moved technology forward. I don't see this as being one of those. And the funny part is this isn't an Android versus iPhone like thing because you're seeing iPhone users, you're seeing Apple fanboys that are divided and fighting with each other about this because it's a matter of, well, how do I play it through my car and charge it at the same time? Mm-hmm. And then you have to have companies like Belkin who have created adapters. Yeah. Apple hasn't put these things out. Like that should have been part of their launch line. We know that people still need the aux input to play through their car. Oh, you're going to be on a road trip? You're going to need to charge your phone while you're listening to it in the car. Here's a splitter. Here's what you need. Not just here's a dongle, so you're plugging it into your into your lightning port, but now you can't charge it. But you got companies like Belkin that step up, and for $40, you can now do these things that you should be able to do regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen the plug? It's called Apple. Well, it's appleplugs.com, and it's the plug. And it literally is the little mini jack part of a mini jack cable that you just can upgrade any prior Apple or Android phone to this new awesome standard. It's a joke. It does not do <laughs> shit, but it is hilarious. And they've produced this great website that sells it like Apple would typically sell a product. Do, so can you actually buy it? No. Are they actually? Fake, oh, fake boo. See, I mean, like, I don't want to say no so cavalierly, but like if they sold that, you know they're getting sued because people are going to think. I'm still buying the TNG communicator badge. Well, no. <laughs> Haven't we moved on? Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Oral. And here is my favorite pop culture thing of 2016. Well, technically, I'm giving you two because fuck it. Why not? Who's going to stop me? One is a reminder that everyone should be listening to You Must Remember This. It's a part of the Panoply Network. It's written and narrated by Karina Longworth. That's not me. And it's about Hollywood's first century with all of its secrets and scandals and forgotten stories. It's really smart, super funny at times, but it is just, it's a, it's a labor of love 
It is something that I listen to all the time, and I go back and listen to old episodes, and it gives you, like, this wonderful overview of just how fucked up Hollywood has always been. The second thing, and it's actually my real favorite thing of 2016, and it it just beat out it just i mean literally by the skin of its teeth under the wire in the past 3 weeks my favorite thing beat out my other favorite thing which i've already mentioned which is what you must remember this part of the panoply network it is yuri on ice that's right it merges two of my favorite things ice skating specifically figure skating and Secretly watching Yahweh, not for sex, because sometimes sex is there, but like, whatever, who cares? But about the romance of these two figure skaters, one of which is down on his luck, and one is like the five-time world champion genius, and them coming together, and it, it, do, do they make it? Do they come together? You don't know, you have to watch. Is it all one-sided? You don't know, you have to watch. It is so engrossing. If you love anime, if you love gay romance, you totally, 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 totally need to check out Yuri on Ice. Yuri and Victor, the genius, deserve to be together. They need to stay together. If they're not, this is crap. This is bullshit. I don't buy it. Uh, Totally, if you have any other pairings for Yuri or Victor, you can suck it because You are wrong, and everyone else is right. So, Yuri on Ice, my favorite thing of 2016 when it comes to pop culture. I'll see you bitches next year. Happy holidays. Bye. I still have not seen The Wiz. (gasps) And I've been waiting. But you're a trans woman of color. I know. I'm just letting our people down. I'm sorry. I'm not (laughs) actually a trans woman of color. Please don't write letters. Uh, you know, I support you. You're our angels. You're our angels in the forefront of change. Please don't be <laughs> mad at me. Um, for not watching The Wiz. For not watching The Wiz. <laughs> and pretending to be a trans woman of color for the past 40 minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, no, there's a story behind trans woman of color. Okay, so we went on the Christmas Queens tour with the album. Mm-hmm. And it was um, me, Katya... Uh, Jinx. I'm trying to remember the poster in my head. <laughs> Me, Katia, Jinx, um, Alaska, Sharon, and Jiggly. I love Jig- well, no, that, Jiggly. Well, no, that like- wasn't. That wasn't. I'm sorry. I was just going through the names in my head. Oh yeah, no. It's and then definitely- like I hit that that two chain. I'm like, well, um, Jiggly actually filled in very last minute for Willem because Willem got. I think food poisoning or something mm. the night before we left to go on the tour. So Jiggly was like, okay, I got my bags, girl, let's go. And uh, we had a good time. She and I actually spent the entire tour together because we have tiny little legs and we don't walk as fast <laughs> as the rest of those bitches. So we would just sit behind and eat our casserole and talk shit um, and smoke cigarettes. So one night, we were. it was like the third or fourth stop on the tour. She decided she was going to get some trade. When we were in Minneapolis, and they said the Minnesota, yes, okay, <laughs> little Pepsi, and they said uh, the the guys that were running the tour, they said, um, that's fine, you can get your trade all you want, but it's two o'clock in the morning right now, and we have to be on the bus ready to go to the airport by six a.m. And she said, okay, I got it, I got it. Well, 
I guess she had got her trade or whatever. And we were all, bless you, we were all lined up, ready to go. We were on the bus. Nobody could get into her room because not only was the television on, not only was her door locked, but she had the latch, the, the latch on too. And they were cracking it open. They were banging on the door. They were screaming. They were trying to take the door off the hinges. The hotel staff was. All they could see was her little leg dangling off of the edge. And Sharon freaked out and thought that she had been killed. And so Sharon's going through <laughs> sobbing. We're all upset because Sharon's getting us all worked up. Yeah. And Sharon is just going through the lobby of this, like, Hyatt Regency or wherever we were. Like, the nicest hotel in Minnesota. Screaming, my sister, I think she's dead. She's a trans woman of color. And she's in room, blah, blah, blah. Just freaked out. Not trying to be offensive or anything. Just trying to get help. And so... For the remainder of the tour, Jiggly was referred to as a trans woman of color and was never allowed to have trade again. <laughs> the bitch just passed out because Trey worked her so rough, ripped a wig off and everything. And so she had to catch a cab and get to the airport and buy another ticket to make the next flight. Ooh. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Because you don't like see I, people think that like we're all so professional. No, our tours are a shit show behind the scenes, oh, but they're so much fun. So it, it's really like it's such a family. You know, everyone thinks I'm like, oh my god, they they're pulling a a Venus extravaganza. They're gonna find <laughs> her underneath this bed. <laughs> Y'all right there? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sound out the hard words, gal. Oh, oh God. I don't think we can top that. <laughs> I don't think you could top anything. Uh, no, oh, no. I have, okay. This is what I I haven't told you. So 2015, <laughs> Butch Top 2015. Okay. Because, you know, sometimes. Or Active Bottoms. I've been in the store as well. I've seen the signs. <laughs> <laughs> so. So this year I decided, you know what? I last year I, I decided, you know what? If you if you want to attract like a different sort of like energy in your life, you need to switch things up. And so I became a switch. And, <laughs> oh. And so I was a butch top, butch top for 2015. Now every once in a while a girl needed a break and she, she I fell back into some habits. I will admit, <laughs> I fell back into some fell habits. Fell back, backed up onto. <laughs> You know, don't let these little legs fool you. I'm very pliable. Um, <laughs> but she says she a top. That all that means she sit on top. She can get further up her that way. No, I have. <laughs> I can show you receipts. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> but um, churches. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> side note. No, no shade to anybody. So you know on OBT. The um, you know, you know, you're you passed the hood or in the hood where you see that Texas fried chicken. Texas fried chicken is so good. You know what? I've never had it. It's amazing. I've only seen it in the hood, and I'm not gonna lie. I I may have been driving to a friend's place, 
And I'm just a like, special friend. Yeah, yeah. Off of just, the Craigslist. No. <laughs> Christian Mingle. Go up, scroll. And like, <laughs> and I'm driving. I'm just like, okay, well, this neighborhood isn't so bad. I'm like, coming soon. Texas Fried Chicken. I'm like, I might need to <laughs> lock the doors. Drive real fast. <laughs> reassess my choices in life. <laughs> but no, no. This this year, I'm somewhat versatile. 2016. Somewhat versatile. Okay. I'm I said I said he was a uh, yeah, hashtag power bottom for Christ 2016. <laughs> Take a little little a little spin on your uh, <laughs> your tagline. I'm <laughs> taking a little spin. All right. Telling, <laughs> shouting this from the rooftops during Barioke. Like, <laughs> I went to Barioke. Yes. That was fun. Mm, it's super fun, especially when everyone thinks that you're a power bottom for Christ. And I'm going to wake up in the morning and make you grits and eggs. What do you do, dick for devil? (laughs) Come on now. It's good to be for the Lord. (laughs) If I had to give my number one pick for um, pop culture in 2016, it would have to be Westworld. Uh, I love when a show comes along that challenges me philosophically and puts forth bigger questions than just, you know, entertaining and and uh, trying to please the masses with your quota of violence and sex. Not that the show didn't have it, because Lord knows it did, but it also challenges a person to look at their reality and maybe think about what it is to be conscious and what it is to have a soul, especially in this year when... Uh, Racial racial bias has come back to the forefront. It's a very veiled metaphor for making sure that we all look at each other as equal and not treating anyone else in a lower fashion. And I think Westworld, among all other other things, really kind of hit the nail on the head with how people might view themselves as being higher than others in different ways. So if I had to give my pick for uh, pop culture in 2016, I would definitely say it was Westworld. So uh, constant communication with everybody, uh, checking in, seeing how we're doing. I, I know I'm sure I'm not the only one. Obviously, everyone pretty much, I, from what I've heard, has been constantly pinged by everyone they know. And even if you fo- post on Facebook, hey, I'm fine. And, uh, you know, people still want to see how you're doing, if you know anyone. And it's been. And that's, well, that's the thing. It's always the, the, the same two questions of, okay, well, I see you're okay. Did you know anyone? Right. And, yeah. Um, so it's, it's awful. It's an awful thing to have to go through in no matter, you know, especially as you're a victim or you're close to people who are killed. But being in that community is an, an awful experience. But yet at the same time, you feel a sense of community more than you did, would normally. And you have those connections to people you haven't had connections with in forever. And they kind of reaching out to verify that you're still there. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's consoling in this kind of time. But yeah. uh, who, what else did you guys have as well, far I'm, as reaction? I'm very uh, glad about the kind of amount of support that's come out uh, since this has happened. Um, uh, my friends in Ireland and the UK were all throwing out their uh, condolences and their uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, I was a little weirded out when people were texting me and calling me at like six o'clock in the morning because I'm still fast asleep. Um, but uh, I think it was you, Brian, who texted me and like asked me if I was okay. And I didn't quite understand the context of what uh, Brian was talking about until he told me that there was a shooting at, at Pulse uh, last night. 
And so um, it's um, it's been a long, exhausting day for for all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my um, I have a friend that just came back. Uh, he's been he's been deployed mm-hmm. for the past year, and he just got back yesterday. And uh, I was talking to him and everything, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna have you know have a good time, and uh, I'll probably drink myself under the table." And I was like, "Okay, that's great." Uh, I'm and so I just went to a small bar and hung out with a couple friends, and I went home. And when I woke up this morning, because I didn't wake up till nine, um, I had all these messages, and I'm driving to work, and I'm at every stoplight. I'm like, once I f- realized what had actually happened, you know, all it was just kind of a frantic thing to just try and make sure everybody I knew was okay, because I had no idea who was going out, what everybody was doing. And right when I pulled into work, I realized that he had gone out, and I didn't know, like, he hadn't he hadn't messaged anyone. Everybody was calling him. Everybody was calling me, asking if if he had gotten a hold of me and everything. And it was, and then around noon he he finally checked in and told everybody that they were fine and that they they didn't go. But at the same time, I was like, just that like three hours of not knowing was enough to like just. I I think at one point I just went into a room at work and like laid down because I just, cause then I actually had to deal with what actually happened, not just the worrying about other people. I was, you know, that's something that happened less than eight miles away from where I live, you know, and bless my mom's heart. I called mom, I texted mom and let my mom know she, I was okay. And she calls me and she's like, what, what are you talking about? Did you actually <laughs> send me the wrong text? And oh, I was Lord. like, Oh boy, now I get to explain what happened to my mom. And then I told her and then she started crying. So it was, uh, Ugh. yeah, it was a, uh, it was a day. I um, <clears throat> I was visiting with some friends from out of town, and I was downtown last night to see a show, and uh, I dropped my friend off, and I, I drove out to Avalon where my friends are staying, and my friend just like at three, like two thirty in the morning, is messaging me and asking me if if I'm at home and I'm just like no I'm like why he's like well there was a mass shooting at Pulse and I'm like do do they know anything he's like no not yet and I started um looking for information but it was all st- still so new and so I didn't know anything um and you don't want to like raise alarms but you also don't want to not say anything so um I guess I just got kind of overwhelmed I'm just like well you know. So far, everyone that I've contacted is okay. I'll wait a couple of hours. Um, took a nap, woke up. It's bedlam. Uh, found out my sister almost went to post last night. Um, and uh, she's fine, and, and I'm happy she's fine. And... Like, I've never really felt, like, 100% safe anywhere because I'm super neurotic as fuck. But, um, like, to not feel safe, to know that none of my friends feel safe, to know that, you know, tomorrow we're going to know, like, who's dead, who's not. We're still missing some people. So, you know, an hour from now, two seconds from now, you know, we can all find out, like, a a friend of ours is dead. Like, I don't cry. Like, I don't, I don't cry because like, I'm not just sad. I'm like really frustrated because like this happened and 
and I'm I'm worried for people. And like I could give a damn about the shooter, and I don't care what his motives are. Because, you know, this this terrible thing happened. Like, you know, I I remember going to Pulse, because like you guys said, like Pulse was your like some for some of us it was our first like home bar. Like I, you know, spent year after year going there, you know, every weekend hanging out with people and seeing familiar faces and you know, it's you know, when you when you when you're calling your friends and um, you're waiting for that text message, it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there and start calling people and hope to God they pick up. And when they don't, you're freaking out because you just like like your best friend could be dead. You just don't know. Like you just don't know. And it's it is not that I don't think that we won't all heal and we won't move past. It's just that initial like like, the initial shock. I think that's what it is. I think I'm just still in shock that, like, so many people that, like, I know and we all know, it's just, they're either, like, dead or dying or, you know, just catatonic and, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know, how can I help? Like, I've never been, like, a vigil person and because I'm not emotional. And that sounds really strange because I'm crying my eyes out. But, like, it just, I feel, like, lost. And I, I think that's where most of the issues are coming from. Like, with me personally, I just don't, like, you know, for someone who kind of always can eke out a plan, like, there's no plan for this. Like, you can't plan for this. All you can do is just, like, sit there in horror and think that, you know, a bunch of people died for no fucking reason. Yeah, this this is what Paris has dealt with, Boston's dealt with, New York certainly dealt with. I mean, communities have this happen, in this, in, not even in this day and age. It's happened for years and years. Terror is not new. And it's the powerlessness. Like you said, it's, there's nothing you can do to prepare. But I think the thing we can certainly do as a community is what we are doing. Um, the call for blood, I was amazed, not only seeing it on the news, but talking to people who are looking for a place to donate. They're like, where do you go? I said, I would go on that website, oneblood.org and see what's out there. And they said, we've been to like five different places and they're all out of supplies or there's lines or, and so basically like that's, I mean, it's amazing that that shows that the community of at least Orlando got the word out, mobilized and got people to donate. Yeah. And that's huge. And there's a GoFundMe now set up by Quality Florida if you want to donate to the family of the victims. We'll put a link to it up on the website, on our Facebook, and on our uh, the Nerdy Show page. Um, if you're if you're local too, they have um, uh, UCF has said they're going to have donation centers for the entire week. Um, so if you're looking to to give blood, they're going they they need blood and they're going to do it. Uh, do it all week. So if you can get out there this week, that would really help. Um, and if you're local and you need some sort of grief counseling, uh, multiple places, multiple churches, um, if you're religious, even if you're not, uh, the center um, here in Orlando is offering counseling, and so is UCF. Yeah, we were, we were watching the news, and we were very pleased watching the social media news and the actual news that, you know, Terry and Ben and Tim and some of the other people from the center were very out in the community rallying. I mean, if you're going to pick a community to target, you could, the gay and lesbian community is not a 
and, and trans. Like that is a strong community. If anything comes out of this uh, this tragedy, you will have galvanized a community that was starting to become very stratified and have a lot of infighting. And on top of that, you will now basically have created a sort of sense of victimhood for the gays and lesbians and trans community that is going to make people who are already kind of intolerant really rethink that. So the only thing I feel it really is a positive that comes out of all this is a unified sense of community among all of us. And I get pissed off when I see little tweets from politicians that seem to start already chipping away at that and and doing things to try to make their own issues and just well, and that'll be the worst consequence of this is that the 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 recently deceased will basically become the the banner for whatever politician wants to use this in an election year building the wall banning the muslims i mean trump's even reiterated that bullshit i don't i don't even i i was so busy earlier today just trying to make sure people were okay that i just you know, in all honesty, the best thing people can do when it comes to that, don't don't read the – just don't read it. Just like if you see Donald Trump said anything, you know what? It Don't even – don't even – don't even let them like read that this many people clicked on that link. The best thing you can do is just don't even give them enough – enough ammo. Don't, don't let them think that even people care about it. Yeah. The, the problem with that is that it's not just clicking on a link and reading it on Facebook. I mean, we were watching West 2 all morning, and Donald Trump tweeted out, you know, the uh, his asinine bullshit earlier in the morning, and it's being read to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you you can't just sit there and go, okay, well, I'm not going to bother, yeah. you know, when it's in a situation like this where they don't have a lot of information, they don't have a lot of footage, they don't have, um, they don't have the material to becoming accommodate a 24-hour news cycle yeah, yeah because i mean west 2 from the time that we were woken up and turned the tv on at you know whatever 6 30 in the morning until 2 30 when i left to go to the, the or 2 15 west hadn't taken a commercial break i mean that's just straight up like non-stop being on the air trying to report this so all you're seeing is that same footage those same clips of the cops outside of the building the same footage of the people being loaded up into ambulances or into pickup trucks because they didn't have enough ambulances on site to get people down the street to the hospital um so when when trump tweets out you know earlier you know early this morning that's they, they jump right on it to to read that on the air you know not saying that it's because of you know they're they're trying to put trump in your face but He's a presidential candidate, you know, so they're going to take that and they're going to going to put it out there. And no matter how much you don't want to bother with that, no matter how much you don't want to look at the compiled list of the atrocious tweets that are coming in saying that the that the shooter, you know, did the right thing and that it was about time that, you know, um, insignificant lives were targeted instead of important people. You know, that's the stuff that you don't want to, but at the same time, you almost need it to to continue that fire of wanting to stand up and make a change in this goddamn world. Because if, you know, I lived through 9-11, being from New York, being 40 minutes away from, from ground zero, where my father worked across the street, 
you know, where my boyfriend worked in the towers and living through that to then come to come to today and have, you know, thankfully the few people that I knew, you know, I work fairly quickly accounted for, but being a part of the LGBT community, being a part of the nightclub community, it's hard to just imagine that if it were a different night and it was a different bar, that could have been me. Yeah. I could have been there that, you know, it, that's, it's hard to fathom. It's extremely hard, hard to fathom. Hey guys, this is Jared. Um, let's see. What is my all time pick for 2016? Um, well, uh, having just seen it on Sunday, my 2016 pick for, uh, flame on is, uh, La La Land. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's um, it's a uh, modern take on uh, uh, I want to say like fifties and sixty, oh maybe like forties and fifties uh, musical uh, Hollywood films, and uh, it's got Ryan Gosling and um, I forget the female lead's name. This is how uh, up to date I am with pop culture. Um, anyways. Uh, the the plight of the artist it's it's fantastic storytelling um it's it's a love letter to hollywood essentially um let's see what else uh the the music is infectious like i i want to find the tracks um myself maybe and just buy the uh buy the soundtrack like like a, a decent person maybe um city of stars that's that's probably one of my favorite tracks from that movie um let's see anything else i think that's it all right fifi o'hara and the producers of rupaul's drag race are in a ginormous battle back and forth why fifi is hashtag over it officially just not happy basically turn around saying that they used her for this, that they set her up telling her that she would get redemption, that she would um, basically be able to rehabilitate her image mm-hmm. after the way that she portrayed herself on season four. And we're not getting any of that. Mm-hmm. The way they're cutting or the way that they're they're showing it. And in some cases, I don't necessarily think it's the way that they're showing it. I think they're showing pieces of it, and the audience has taken it as, oh, she's just being Fifi and just doing the same shit over again. I I can see that, because there is some, like, to me, I see the redemptive quality of Fifi because, like, I'm rooting for her this season. But what I see the editing doing is, like, it's like there's a dead queen on the floor with like a scissor like hole in her back and nobody sees who actually was holding the scissors but if you look not really closely but if you just look over at Fifi's workstation there's just nothing but scissors there's a like a whole scissors like cutler like like knife block and then there's like one missing and then it's slowly dripping over by the mannequin bust that holds her wigs. Like, 
and that's the thing. So I can understand that. But like she's mad and she's talking about it. So that means she's pissed. Yeah. And that's there's been a lot of a lot of things that have come out. She was um hosting at Roscoe's in Chicago mm-hmm. not this past week, the week before. So the lip sync extravaganza episode. And it was her and I believe Tatiana. And she went off and it was basically like she she as before she said anything, she said I know y'all are going to be on Reddit, so pull out the cameras and get this right. Like, get my words right. And started to just go on about the fact that they, they she only had a week to put together all of her looks for all the challenges. I guess by the time they contacted her, they were like, we film in a week or whatever the case was. And she started really kind of going in on the producers mm-hmm. and had mentioned one by name, which apparently Willem has also called out for being very manipulative and very much about playing the Queens for the storyline. So I'm going to read you some of the tweets, just some because, and and a lot of these um, are coming from people and then she's responding to, you know, you get things like, I sincerely dislike FPV O'Hara. She's such a cunt. Rotten, tired-ass showgirl. Seriously, don't come to Cali. Which responded, and you are an outstanding citizen of society with this tweet? Speaking of cunt and rotten, um, you get stuff like, you did it to yourself, dumb bitch. To which... Fifi's responding with, no, I didn't. The fact that the show creates monsters and trolls like you at the expense of our lives is wrong and fucked up. And then there are some supportive ones that she then retweets to kind of put uh, an emphasis out there. You know, Fifi O'Hara, you should have won the lip sync. So she responded, let's be honest. I was never going to win anything. A redemption, a win, a crown. They turned people on me. Hashtag family. Remember when I said we were going to come back to this in a little Mm -hmm. bit? There was a tweet. Any queen that changes clothes pre-lip sync in a parenthesis, at Fifi O'Hara, is weak, weak tea. To which Fifi responded with, LMFAO. So, Katya, Alyssa, Alaska, and myself? Ha. Huh. And it's true. Like, it's true. you know, if you're going to try to call somebody out, really look at what you're saying and make sure that you're on point because it's just going to be turned right back on you. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's ridiculous. Two more things that I really wanted to point out for this whole thing. I'm going to give you this one. I've decided that I'm not attending the RuPaul's Drag Race reunion. I don't feel the show, producers, or hosts have the best intentions for me. Then another tweet. My decision is set in stone. I would not be coming with anything but hurt and pain in my heart and know that it would not be shown correctly. And then the third of the three uh, tweets in a row. Sometimes true actions speak louder than words. Can't manipulate me if I am not there. I'm protecting my heart and mental state when they didn't. Which then led into an Instagram post. And it's a little long, but I think this encapsulates a lot. And this is on Fifi O'Hara's, and it's a picture of her from the the lip sync and the cat suit and all that. And she wrote, I was so proud of this episode because I finally got to be in the top two after being told every week you weren't good enough. I realized after filming All Stars, my place isn't on this show and in front of a camera where context of a simple thing can be twisted into such a vile way. I really sat back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When they called me to be on All Stars and said, this time I'm going to show the world the Fifi so many people who have met me love and support. I don't care anymore who sees this. I don't care anymore if people are mad that I told the truth. I don't care if people think I'm handling this the wrong way. There is no right way to handle this except stand your ground and speak up for what is right. I'm tired of the hurt, heartache, pain, death threats, and threats of violence I have received because of a few story producers felt it was okay to go to bed at night cozy with their paychecks from from manipulating and twisting the context of my words. I went into All-Stars with a gleam of hope that I was going to finally have this redemption I was promised in season four. The people that hated me before, let's face it, they were never going to like me, and that is okay. Their loss, not mine. But I deserved deserved a fair chance. From day one in the confessions, I told my story producer I will not say X, Y, and Z because I did that the first time, and it got me in trouble. This time, I watched myself, and they still played and twisted when I am stating facts as I am playing mind games. I got in numerous arguments with her discussing how she would never understand why I'm quiet or don't talk as much as I do because I have to 100% watch what I say because of the grave I dug in season four. She continued to say I was doing nothing but a disservice to myself by not giving them what they want. Unfortunately for her, my mom raised me that integrity and respect goes a lot farther in life than reaping joy off the misery of others. I'm so grateful for the doors that RPDR has opened, but I have learned now that quote-unquote family is just a word used to sugarcoat and mask the demons of the machine. They've made it acceptable and normal for people to be okay breaking me down. That is not love or family. And I will say this. We'll talk about about this more. But I want to say this, and this is real straight-up shit right now. If you, and when I say you, I mean anybody out there listening, feels it's okay to threaten somebody's life, to threaten harm or danger to a person, any person, first off, but let alone a drag queen on a competition show, then hit stop and don't listen. I We don't need you. We don't want you. That is not right or in any way, shape, or form acceptable from anyone. Yeah, like, obviously I've made it known that, like, I, I'm i not a fan of Alyssa Edwards, but, like, I would never go to her house and, and threaten to burn it down and burn it down because I have never burned a barn in my life. And I will not start here. No. Not a barn or her summer home, which is the stables at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> But that's the thing. You can have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You cannot like a queen's performance on a show. You can go to a show and not like their their performance in person. 
there are queens from these seasons that I've had to do photo shoots uh, or meet and greet photos for that I could care less about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit there and be like and threaten them that they should never step foot, that I'm going to throw acid in their face. I'm not going to threaten to that they, they should die or stay out of Cali. Fuck you. And, you know, like ultimately that's, you know, Pandora Box said it when we interviewed her is that, you know, she works in editing. She knows how it goes. So you literally have to be as nice as you can. But even when you are being nice or diplomatic. You know, things taken out of context will always get you in trouble. For sure. And if they're going to paint you in any way that they're going to paint you, you can say the bare facts. And depending on, they could turn around and put that sentence in the middle of a, somebody faltering. And it makes it look like you're, you're shit-talking the person. It, it doesn't matter. And honestly, if you have that much of a problem, then don't follow her. Don't look at her Instagram. Don't care. Move on. Yeah, and it, it's it's frustrating because for me, like, you know, Fifi is giving me that redemption arc, but I'm looking at it as I'm taking the pieces of what she's doing and not what's being edited for, like, you know, oh, like, I don't think when she said to Roxy, I don't think your your accent is as as strong as you think it is. Like she like honestly to me that felt like she was actually saying, "Hey, I don't think this is going to work for you." Do I think that Roxy should have still done it? Yes, because that was Fifi's opinion, but I don't look at that and think Fifi tried to sabotage her. But at the same time, it's not like Fifi held a gun to her head exactly. and made her change it. If exactly. she thought that she could do it, then she would have done it. If somebody if somebody has that much sway over you, then you're not set in what you're doing. Mm. If somebody can turn around and be like, you know what, listen, I don't think it's it's not as strong as it needs to be, then what do you do at that point? Then you practice to make it work. Yeah. You don't turn around and go, well, then I'm going to change it to this other person who I'm also not going to be good at doing. And it's just, it's ridiculous. The other thing that that happened with this whole thing is um, RuPaul chimed in. In an indirect shade-throwing way, mm-hmm. which I appreciate RuPaul for all she's done, but I think it was a bit messy to do. RuPaul on Twitter posted a picture of Jessica Rabbit that said, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way, and captioned it, oh, okay, and then unfollowed Fifi on Twitter. Um which seems so childish in a way, but at the core of it, Fifi is speaking out about the producers and the people editing and making the show and making these storylines. Yeah. She's not in nothing that I read. Was there anything that said RuPaul sucks? There's the one tweet where it said that I don't think that's the show where the host or have my best intentions in mind. It's the only time that I saw anything that ever once indicted rupaul in anything and that was very much a passing thing in and was talking about the show and the reunion so for rupaul to kind of hop in the middle of this and whether it's about fifi or not all this shit's been blowing up over the last couple days on twitter it's it's like the whole i keep the lights on over at logo in the the Mm -hmm. um the female she-male mini challenge controversy 
there are times where and and she was being directly quoted in that like she was part of that whole controversy yeah this was cycling with the producers and fifi and to dip your toe into that i feel was a little a little much i feel like she should have taken the higher road and not you don't have to comment yeah you don't have to comment had she turned around and said rupaul is a bitch and she's making it so that way i don't get redemption and i look like i'm this then then clap back then you're being called out and you want to have your side of it you want to say your piece fine but when it's an issue with this and and the funny part is it's not the first time that this has been a thing which is what i was going to say when when drag race like the the production side loves you you shine yep you come back it's great but there are you know queens that we've seen that when you've crossed them you know you know whatever it may be an actual slight it may be just a perceived slight you you get ousted you know, and then it, it it takes that person that literally you take what you got and you run with it. Willem's that person. Yep. Willem got disqualified. Makes sense. But my favorite Willem song is Rupologize because she literally said, you said I was disqualified. You said you want me back. I, you know, I, she's like, you know, and then you say that All Stars doesn't want me. Bitch, I already bought the gowns. Bitch, wait. It's a loss of income. Uh-uh, that's a loss of income. Like, it's... It, it makes, <laughs> I love that you're quoting Rupologize for all of this. It's amazing. It's... But it, it's true. But it's true. Like, yeah. if you if you have angered the world of wonder gods, sometimes there's not much you can do but just stand your ground. And that's why, like, I'm really pulling for Fifi. I totally understand. You know, Adore felt like... She got, you know, manhandled and mangled this season and then she left. And, you know, I can understand that. I wish she would have stayed because I think that she brings a lot to the show. But if she needs to go because she doesn't feel like this is constructive, then, you know, girl, go. And so that's the thing. Drag Race is a great platform if it works for you. Exactly. But if it starts to work against you, and that's not a that's not a dig at RuPaul, that's not a dig at World of Wonder. That's just if if it comes to a point where it's not helping you, you gotta let that shit go. Yeah, exactly. Hey everyone, this is BJ from Flame On Podcast, and I'm giving you my favorite pop culture thing for 2016. The year that was shit. Um, I've got to say that uh, it's probably got to be genital jousting. Just one of those random nonsense games that came out of nowhere um, and was just utterly ridiculous. If you don't know what genital jousting is, check it out on Steam. Uh, We played it some over uh, before a uh, podcast recording. So, uh, yeah, that's got to be my number one favorite thing for this year. Also, um, our new Spider-Man. So, all right. uh, Be talking at you guys in the new year. Have a good one. I've been to, like, a couple of small-time, like, bear events. I've been to some a couple prides and everything like that. And it's completely different from anything like that. The best way to describe it would be probably the perverted Dragon Con. So, like, I think I said, it's like what I imagine happens at Dragon Con at night. But more? But more. Okay. Uh, yeah. But but much, much more. Um, people in costumes? 
and some not in costumes or anything at all okay. in the con space. Um, some, some of them have puppets, according to their website. Yeah, there was one or two people with puppets, but they seemed to be just, like, for hanging out with and not really for anything else, oh. for, as far as I know. The main thing about the convention I loved the most was the fact that there's a panel every hour for three days straight. The first day, there was probably a total number of 60 panels. That's a lot of panels. On anything and everything. Give us your favorite, like, three or four. Uh, I gotta say, my, uh, the, the, uh... I'll just start shaking my head now. Yeah, go ahead audience. and do that. Yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, the flogging panel. Okay. I actually learned a ton in that. Really? Um, and the, the two people in the panel were actually from Orlando. Okay. And they do classes regularly. Give me one thing you took away from the flogging panel. Um, Florentining? I'm sorry. What? Like uh, chicken? Like like a like a technique. It, well, the the thing is, I thought flogging was whipping. They're apparently two different things. So, because I was like, I'm I don't want to be whipped by nobody. And then when I actually went to the panel, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's acceptable. So, what does florentining mean? Um, you kind of take both of your hands while holding a flog, and you kind of twirl them mm-hmm. in a way where the flogs graze you. Ah. And so, what's the difference the difference between uh, is it just uh like a rhythm yes it's like it's a it's a, it's very well, there rhythmatic. It goes. I, I can't do that then yeah <laughs> it's oh no it's it's like that was in flo- that was in flogging 201 that was the Learning advanced rhythm. class the the flogging rhythm uh florentining technique it was i was like oh, okay that seems oh, okay no i so can't until you get to 201 it's just whipping uh no actually whipping is a snap Okay. So whipping, uh, yeah, okay. there's different, I, right. yeah, there's a whole list of things. And one of my favorite lines uh, from that from that panel was uh, she's she's just giving you safety tips. And she's just like, now, I understand everybody has their thing. Everybody does things differently. If you hit the stomach continuously, and I don't care if you have a six-pack or a 12-pack, you will vomit. And that's called rainbow play, and that's a completely different panel. Oh boy, that's so, called Rainbow Boy. Yes, there's a name for that. Oh my god, I love it. Did you go to the Virgin Sacrifices panel? No, I missed it. I missed the the Virgin Sacrifice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it was I, packed. It it was actually pretty. That was pretty busy. There was a lot of first timers and all my friends. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you beat me to the punch, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> what was the other one? There was a fisting panel. Okay. Um, a very lovely couple. Now, demonstrated. Harder to do demonstrated. So, was her name Sasha? Oh, <laughs> no. Did she ride a scooter into the panel? No. So, um, the the interesting thing about that is, so so every panel I went to, everybody was very just like, you may think it's done this way, but it's not. Um, so with the fisting panel, it's push open the door, don't poke the bear. So the what? Um, push push the door open, don't poke the bear. Interesting. Push the door. So forward. I want to get back to this. Was this <laughs> the, a the live demonstration with the two <clears throat> partners? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were there tarps involved? Yes. Uh, um. Then there was there was like a medical panel. There was a medical. Um, wait, wait, yes. wait. That was after the fisting. Well, <laughs> how to save a prolapse <laughs> colon? <laughs> how to how to keep from getting one? Oh. Proper proper first aid. No, it was literally it was like proper how to first aid. Prolapse. Oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, but there was like a medical panel on because um, 
a lot of people had questions like, you know, if I use this flog on this person, is it now biologically bounded to them? You know, you don't, do you want to share that sort of thing? And they answered all those types of questions about toys and proper cleaning techniques and like horror stories on what happens if you don't clean things properly. Um, first aid, just all, all these interesting things that you don't think could happen, but you know, a misplaced bottle of lube and a slight slip and you know, then you're at an awkward moment in the hospital. Oh, well, you'll be on that cool show where they have the sex accidents. Oh, uh, that's on like Discovery Health. Right? It is the most ridiculous reenactments. <laughs> sex sent me to the ER. It's a great IMDb show. Profile. But that's Sandy's life, though. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, Sandy, we miss. But I need to know one thing: Was there a bounce house? We saw there was a bounce house. There were pictures of a bounce house. There there was a bounce house in the dungeon on a... I can't remember the theme night for that one. It may have been the free-for-all night. So, yes, the the dungeon had theme nights also. And did you you manage to stay out of the whip lane? The whip lane. Yes. No, like... The whip lane. There's... So, so a quick rundown of the dungeon is pretty much it's just a convention area... Where there's like crosses set up and all sorts of tarps and stuff. And there's certain areas for certain things. And there's a whip lane. So there's a whole area for people who want to get whipped or flogged. And if you stand within that tape, it is fair game. You may get clipped. You may get, you know, you may get full on hit. There were specific rules that said if this happens, it needs to be in the whip lane. Or if you're in the whip lane... Something. Yes. I, we read all these rules a couple of times. It's if, you're, if your whip is longer than three feet, That's you it. must use the whip lane. Yep. Um, I went to what I thought was a panel on biting. Uh, it was a vampire play panel. Ah. Which was actually like a sub-dom subculture where it's vampire prey or vampire vampire. And I was like, oh. You went to a fangbanger convention? <laughs> Do they serve true blood? It okay. No, they, so, I, I guarantee you, they're probably like. So you guys probably have seen that show, right? So it's so, nothing like that. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's hop in our time machines and go a little bit further back uh, to interview with the vampire, uh, of course. And then you have the demographic. Oh boy, for that one. So you went to a vampire masquerade. Got so. Oh my god! Did you like do the? Rochambeau to determine who gets the, the bite. Well, I was I was like, okay, well, I don't I don't think this is for me. Um, which was good because then I went to they had a roundtable discussion on body image. Oh, oh, good. That one was fan- absolutely fantastic. Sure. Um, the uh, two of the people in the panel that that kind of started this discussion um, were actually counselors. So it was it was very it was very enlightening because uh, two of my friends were there and I was sitting there and they were like, oh hey, and I was like, oh. And and at one point nobody wanted to share, and I was just like, "Are we all just looking at each other? Like, what the hell are you doing here at the body image panel? Because all of you look fantastic." And everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird sharing that sort of thing with people you think, you know, that you think you would think they would think they look good." Um, so that was really good. That was actually um, so. There's a lot of little things like that. Um, the con space, all the con spaces are clothing optional. Mm-hmm. The rule list, every, like I, I don't think I ran into a situation where anybody was mean, anybody was like um, breaking any of the rules. Everybody was pretty much in line with everything that the convention provided 
And uh, it was just really, it was actually a very positive experience. It was really nice. Um, the room parties were absolutely sick. Um, we had and good sick, good sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had the no rainbows there. No, no rainbow play. Well, from, from, rainbow. from the parties <laughs> I went to, what is it? Um, they had a medieval party, and they had a costume contest. Uh, they had an American Horror Story hotel party. Oh, and yes, there were three or four drildos. I was gonna say, um, yeah, a couple of vampires, and they had a bat dance party. And this one was probably my favorite, where somebody had made the um, Purple Rain mixed drink, uh-huh. and they played Purple Rain on one screen upstairs in the su- in the suite, and they played the bat dance song on a loop downstairs and at one point they had a couple of people dressed like batman and the joker line up and like women would like crawl out of the room and i was like oh wow this is this is hitting my limit it was but it was fantastic someone get on a float and throw wads of money at gotham city (laughs) there was somebody there was somebody dressed as the float like in the same weird suit (laughs) of course there was. oh yeah did you recognize anybody from hbo's real sex seriously I think they had. A, they think that one year like they signing had autographs. They had like some of the counselors or who like you know if you some somebody who ran a shop that was featured in there. Uh, previous years they had some talks by some people. Um, so it was it was fantastic. I'm going again. Okay. It All was right. absolute. It was a blast. Hi guys, this is Eric, the muscle daddy pig bottom. Still, I guess. Anyway, my boner for 2016 was I got two. I got finally Diana. Wonder Woman getting some kind of a recognition from DC Comics. So that really boasted me to be really excited for her movie in 2017. And then, of course, you know how I feel about Jean Grey. And I had Jean Grey full Phoenix effect. So you know I was disgusting mess all over that movie theater. So that was my thrill of my pop culture for 2016. All right. The time has come. For us to do our last interview in game. I'm like, who just wooed? You're supposed to go, oh, don't go. We were having so much fun. All right, fine. All right. It is with great pleasure. We are super excited to call this woman our friend now. After we, I don't know, some people would call it stalked. I call it, we lucked out and parked on the same side that they were hanging out after their show at New York Comic Con Presents two years ago, right? Yeah. Two years ago, when it was it was this young lady, Jonathan Colton, Art Chung, and Neil Gaiman hanging out on the side of a building after their show, and we just happened, we're like, they're not gonna come out, let's just go home. And we turned the corner, and they were just hanging out there on the side of the building, because, you know, we didn't know there was a stage door to the Y. Who knew? But she's been on our show before, and we're super excited to have her back. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Ms. Ophira Eisenberg. I feel... Hello. Hello. I feel like the host at one of your comedy shows. Like, at that point, I should be like, and I'm leaving. See you later. No, that was great. That was like the right thing. And you said with the big bravado, it was perfect. <laughs> it's fantastic. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. So excited. I enjoyed playing the game earlier. I'm happy to be back. Yes. Now you're going to Now you're gonna do pretty much what you do on a weekly basis. Okay, good. Good <laughs> comfort zone. I like a comfort zone. I love zone. it. I love it. All right. So, Ophira. Yes. Patrick. 
We talked to you a while ago. Yes. What have you been doing since? What has happened since I last saw you? Uh, what has happened? Did a whole bunch of shows with the Ask Me Another Season is continuing with new people and new stuff. Oh, so excited about uh, that. I breeded and made a baby. Yay! Yeah, made who's little, adorable, by the way. I have, a, I have a little boy right now who's, uh, I'm here, so he's at home alone. Poor kid. <laughs> uh, he's 10 it's, months. He'll be fine. It's New York. Isn't that how it, all, it always goes? My dog's there. That's fine. Um, <laughs> what is his name? His name is Lucas, Lucas. after George Lucas. That's, that's that's right. The, the dog is named Mocha, but the, I I didn't pick that name. That was the dog. The dog is an ex show dog, actually. <laughs> the dog's an ex show dog, and her name was the International Delight Mocha. We shortened it because we thought that was a little ridiculous. I mean, right? it's, it's tough when you're trying to call her over. International Delight Mocha, come come yeah, here. Exactly after a creamer. Uh, but we but we named the kid Lucas. Uh, I mean, it was it's truly my husband loves Star Wars more than life. So he was, but I, I like the name because uh, I've slept with a lot of guys, but none named Lucas. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there wasn't a memory attached. Speaking of which, yeah. you have a delightful memoir. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of, speaking of sleeping with many men. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Uh, and it is entitled? The memoir I wrote is called Screw Everyone Sleeping My Way to Monogamy. <laughs> Spoiler alert uh, is in the title. <laughs> But, Spoiler uh, alert, you found one person. Yes, but, you know, I did all right. It's an amazing book, which I know that when we did our interview, we talked about it. Um, has anything come about of the option? Of the film. You know what's so weird? So it's been optioned for two and a half years, and I was like, well, clearly nothing's happening. And then one month ago, they renewed the option. Ooh. So it's Ooh. still at large, people. Okay. I don't know what that means. It's a fantastic book. If, you, if you're a, a physical book reader or an e-reader... Get it and read it. If you love yourself some audiobook, or as Brian likes to call them, books on tape, get the audiobook because Ophira reads it. I do. And it is hilarious because you've got her comedic sensibilities in these amazingly funny stories. And it's just, it, it's a fantastic read. I, they, were, I, they were all recorded early on a Sunday morning at a studio. And for 90% of them, I was like brutally hungover. <laughs> Which so one you'll hear that? Which one you're talking about? People you've slept with in your past? Probably a <laughs> yeah, good right. way to talk fine. about it was that. Fine. It was totally fine. Yeah. Well, and uh, so you were talking about Ask Me Another. Yeah. It is such a clever mix of oh. different types of games. There is no way to pit like you can't pigeonhole it and say that it is one type of game or one type of thing. Where we love um, wait, wait, don't tell me. Sure. Uh, Current events. Yes, and that's that's what it is. It's your weeks. Worth of events in yes, a game show. That's right. But sometimes you just want to have fun and be silly, and we are silly. Have to wonder, like, if something that you're asking is either an Enya song or that was you know, a recent one. I know that's we right. we were just listening to that uh, to that recently, and or, or other two other things. I forget what they were, but I, I heard Enya and instantly turned to Brian and said, "You would rock this game because he loves him some Enya." We have one coming up that is: is it a Daniel Steele novel? A Talking Head song or a WrestleMania title? Let me tell you something about that because we did some guessing games on the stage tonight, and I think we're going to do another one coming up. Yes. And the greatest thing about guessing games is it doesn't matter how smart you are about anything, you will always get it wrong. Guessing games, <laughs> stop, they are like, in theory, the easiest. 
but in somehow it just stumps everyone. Yeah. Like if you come in with knowledge, perhaps you could do it. You know, if you have a word brain, a word uh, game brain, you could do anagrams. Yep. Or if you can do trivia, you know, you, we find your expertise and you're gonna nail it. But a guessing game sounds like a gimme. And, and I, it's the one that stumps everyone. I feel like you guys, because in order to be a contestant on Ask Me Another, you yeah. have to, you email, you get this quiz, yeah. and you do all of this. The, I, the I, process is, just to be clear, you fill out a very hard contestant quiz, and then we call you, if you did well, to make sure you're not fucking crazy. <laughs> because I'm sure... And if sure, you pass that, you get to come on. I'm sure there is, like, if you were doing a Venn diagram of oh. people who did well on the no. Ask Me Another quiz... And people who are fucking crazy, there is a crossover. Patrick, a couple have slipped through. <laughs> and they have frightened me on stage, and I did never need to have them on the same stage as me again. I had a, I had a guy that, you know, just people are very smart, and you get these smart people that are, like, have compartmentalized brains, and uh, they are, ins- but they're not, um, they're not, uh, they have no joy. <laughs> they have no joy, all right? <laughs> Oh. So, so I know that uh, we've been corresponding this week yeah. because you have had a crazy busy Weird. travel schedule. Yeah. What do you have coming up, or what have like you done recently that's going to be coming up, and for us to be able to enjoy in the near future? So this uh, this week you can hear the show that we did in Nashville. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Connie Britton as a special guest Ooh. and Martina McBride. Oh. And then we went to Dallas and we had Brooklyn Decker as our special guest. Nice. I know, she was hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I did a comedy festival in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and nobody cares. And then uh, I'm going to Toronto tomorrow to do The Moth. But then on Monday, thank you, The Moth is awesome. And on Monday, we're doing an Ask Me Another at the Bell House, and our guests are. Uh, Javier uh, Munoz, the new Hamilton, wow. and also um, David Harbour, who plays um, Chief uh, Chief G- Jim Hopper on Stranger Things. Wow! I know the cop. You know, like the first scene of wow. seeing that cop. If you watch Stranger Things, you mm. love that guy, right? Mm. You, did you watch Stranger yes. Things? Yeah. So you see this messy apartment, the yes. prescription drugs, the alcohol, the beer the beer bottles everywhere, and then you're like, that's my guy. That's going to be my guy. <laughs> you're like, wow, that just looks like last Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is it, Tuesday afternoon? What's wrong with you? Get to work, you cop. We were also partial to the uh, to the, the guy that was at the diner and then got killed shortly after he helped oh, Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was... Danny? Danny. Benny. Oh, yes. He was, he was one fairly bear that we loved. And then he got killed. And we were like, oh, well, never mind. And he was the first person in the series that showed any compassion. Right. So you were really drawn towards him. And then you knew he was getting screwed. Yep, exactly. He opened that door and you were like, well, there he goes. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, well... We are, are you ready to play a game? Let's do it. All right. I've already actually made two people um, agree to be contestants. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy to have them. Make other people come on up here. Come on up. I saw these two guys and I just knew they would be fun. They were sitting beside me. I do not know them before. We've never met. My name is George. George. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Just kidding. Oh, okay. Danny. I'm Ed. I'm Ed. Ed? Ed? Yep. Ed. And Danny. Ed and Danny. Danny. How do you guys know each other? Uh, <laughs> we're boyfriends. How long have you been together? 11 years. No way! Yeah. 
Well done. Yeah. Well done. No. Met in New York? We met in SantaCon, actually. <gasps> I'm not joking. I love Yeah, it. seriously, wow. met in SantaCon. What, what, what is it? What? No, SantaCon? SantaCon? Do you know SantaCon? Is, is this where, like, people Not just Comic-Con, dress up as Santa? Is this yeah. where, where tons of men just come dressed up as Santa? Yes, yes. pretty much, yes. Do they, do they yes. run through the streets? <laughs> yes. Because we have a Santa run in Orlando where a bunch of people dress up as Santa Claus but in, like, Speedos and then run through the streets. Do they do that at SantaCon? No. no. Not so much. Is this just, is this, like, full out, like, Santa suits? Or it's, it's it's full on men in red uniforms. Yes. That's yes. yeah. It's really fun. So yeah. I, I literally fell in love with Santa actually. That that's awesome. Yes. Thank you fantastic. guys for joining us. Hey everyone, give them a hand. I made them come up here and do this, and they agree. All right. So can I just say this is like the most awesome feeling? It feels like I am on a really low rent version of Ask Me Another right now, <laughs> and it's fulfilling my NPR fantasy right this second. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to play comics or comic books. We're going to take turns. You guys are going to alternate. Ophir and I are going to alternate asking these questions. So we're going to give you a quote. You have to decide whether a comedian said the quote or a comic book character said the quote. Oh, boy. All right, so either comic or comic book. Got it. Got it? All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. And I love your shirt. Oh, I you. absolutely love yours. Stained glass, apocalypse shirt. Can Very cool. Step, step right over here for a second and then face where that light is. I love it. I'm just trying to get that on YouTube right now. There you go. That is fantastic. It's amazing. All righty. Ms. Eisenberg? Yes. Would you like to start off? Here, do you want to scoot over just a, just a tad so they don't see me? Yes, of course. All right. Okay, Danny. Yes. There we go. If I weren't crazy, I'd be insane. Comic book character. Comic book character is correct. It was the Joker. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, comics just say that on the inside. <laughs> now, do you like Ed or Eddie? Like Ed? Yes, that's right, Ed. Okay. Well, you said Eddie. I, just, I like to make sure Ed everybody Eddie's goes by the... Edward, whatever, mm-hmm. it's fine. Just don't call him late for dinner. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm just, I'm sorry. I will not be, I will not be doing stand-up anytime soon. All right. So, Ed. Here we go with yours. How many people here have telekinesis? Raise my hand. Comic. That is correct. Comic. Emo Phillips said that. Emo Phillips. By the way, I don't know if you've seen Emo Phillips recently, but he's made a huge comeback, and he is amazing. Really? Yeah. If you have an opportunity to see him, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. All right. Danny. Yes. Oh, oh I, I just... Uh, Listen, technology is difficult, everybody. I just basically... I hand this off to the side, and it comes back to me with it. This is the time where we talk about... uh, Are you... Oh, wait a second. Nothing. Nothing. Here we go. We're quick on this. Here you go, Danny. There is only one God, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. I'm going to go comic book again. Comic book character right here. It's Captain America. Good job. Captain America. You did it. You did it. Right two for two. Yeah, you were right there. <laughs> All right. Eddie, every time I, I say your name, I'm just going to do a just, different just variation. change it every time. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Here is your quote. I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. That's pretty good. 
comic book? No, I'm oh. sorry. That was a comic. That was Woody Allen. Oh. Woody Allen now. <laughs> does, it does, right? what, yeah, once we so tell you who it is, doesn't it make I much, so much more sense? Yeah. All right. Danny. I'm ready. The path of my life is strewn with cow paths from the devil's own satanic herd. Uh, comic. Comic? Comedian, comedian. Do you want comedian? Comedian. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I was mm, comic book. What's your final? Go with your comic book. Impulse. Go with your impulse. Uh, I'm going to say comedian. Comedian is correct. Rowan Atkinson said that. My she, life is strewn with cow pass from the devil's own satanic herd. She was just trying to throw you off your game there. <laughs> yeah. I know because I looked and you were like, I'm changing my answer. All right, Edward. Okay. Let's see how. Okay. After this, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to oh, change it. After Eduardo, this, there's Edward, Edmund. There's it's just endless. It's we'll, endless. We'll figure it out. All right. I right now, right? Uh, yeah. uh, I don't think you might be one ahead. He is, well, as of right he is now, one ahead. He is one ahead. Yeah. Yep, you got it. Yep. All right. I don't have I don't have an Art Chung over here to like to right. score. I'm on it, I'm on it people. <laughs> All right, Edward. Here you go. What was it that John Lennon said? Love is the flower you've got to let grow. Let it grow already and quit trying to legislate it. What was it that John Lennon said? Love is the flower you've got to let grow. Let it grow already and quit trying to legislate it. Comic book? That is correct. Wonder Woman said that. Wonder Woman cool, said that. Wonder Woman said that. I in what that. context? Do you know what, in what context not, she said that? I have not a clue. That is like... 200. Wonder Woman 200? Is that when she was smoking yeah. weed? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> that, that's when she went from Amazonian to lawyer. Yeah, exactly. It happened. The edibles of the Amazon. All right. Here you go, Danny. The hammer is my penis. <laughs> God, the number of times I said that. <laughs> Comic book. Comic book, yes, it's Captain Hammer. He's very literal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Eduardo. Captain okay. Hammer. Who's Captain Hammer? I'm sorry, who's Captain I, Hammer? I, I have no heard. idea. It just sounds like something he would say. <laughs> yes, please, please come tell us. Joss Whedon. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, in uh, in uh, the 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 musical Doctor Horrible Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Which yeah, they made a comic about. Ah, there yeah. you go. Thank you, nice thank, you. thank you. Our yeah. chum came to the stage <laughs> after all. <laughs> we need clarification. Thank you. Alrighty, Eduardo. Yes. Here we go. We would not be here if humanity were inherently evil. We'd have eaten ourselves alive long ago. We would not be here if humanity were inherently evil. We'd have eaten ourselves alive long ago. It sounds so serious. I know, comic. it's like Wonder Woman on the comic book. I mean, I mean. Yeah, comic book. I'm sorry, oh, that was a comedian. Patton Oswalt said that. Ooh. Yeah, he, he gets dark, man. <laughs> yeah, he gets dark. He goes there. Yeah, you see, but you got to do it right because we're reading it to. But his intonation might have been totally different, right? He could have been like, <laughs> "We, we were not yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the music and the. <laughs> yeah. All right, here you go, Denny. 
I keep wanting to call you Denny because I know someone named Denny, but his name's Danny. (laughs) By four o'clock, I've discounted suicide in favor of killing everyone else in the entire world instead. One of my favorite jokes. By four o'clock, I've discounted suicide in favor of killing everyone else in the entire world instead. That is a that's a closer for a comic in Jersey. I gotta say, comic book. Comic book. Yes, you are correct. Spider Jerusalem from Trans Metropolitan. Yeah, clearly. Isn't that your cousin? Spider Jerusalem. (laughs) Spider Jerusalem and I hung out basically in high school and then we don't talk anymore because I got weird. Anyone else? (laughs) Alrighty. Edwin. Edwin. There you go. (laughs) Alrighty. So our final question. Got any magic in you? Would you like some? Ah, woo! Oh my god, okay. Yeah. Okay, Denise is comedian sounding, so I might go with my personal thoughts. Comedian, comic, in other words. No? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh, that was comic book. It was Monica Rambo from Next Wave. Oh! But it does sound like the kind of thing like you would respond to a heckler to like get them on your side. Yeah. You would think maybe I can understand maybe that. Penn and Teller, like in the middle of their show, somebody's like, you suck! No. So, uh, I don't know. I didn't really do the math at the end of the day, but I, I feel like it's okay. a tie. I think it's a tie. I feel like, because you guys have been such amazing sports, and you're going home together, you win all of our prizes all that are left. There you go. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. You guys are great. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Big round of applause for Danny and Eddie. All right, we welcome Brian back to the stage. Right? You guys. You guys were amazing. Thank you. I loved it. I loved it so much. One more time, Rockport. Give a big round of applause for our special guest, Ophira Eisenberg. Make sure that you check out NPR's Ask Me Another. When is it on here in New York? Because I know in Orlando it's on Saturday at noon. WNYC is on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Ooh, Saturday yeah, at 3 on the p.m. FM, and then on the AM it's on Sunday in the morning. Uh, and then, like most people, you would probably podcast it because you need to do things. Yeah. That's how we listen to it sometimes. Pretty yeah. much. I have all the episodes. And I, when I go on drives or when I'm traveling somewhere, I'm like, and play. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's, it's a brand new show, too. So you guys it. should come on as contestants. Oh, my God. I'd love to. It's a dream. We, we were so totally going to do the, uh, the, the quiz when you guys came to Orlando. Yeah. And then we totally forgot. All totally right. forgot. <laughs> we're just like, oh, wait. Oh, it's not. Hey, um, NPR <laughs> One is the app. That's it's right. NPR One. All the podcasts. Yes. And then you can also find it on Stitcher. You can find it on iTunes. That's pretty much anywhere the podcasts are available. You can but if you enjoy NPR, if you enjoy Ask Me Another, you want to check out more stuff, NPR One is their official app, and it actually does local suggestions. So yep. you can find out, or you can find local shows on that app as well. And yep. if you're in New York, just come to the Bell House on Mondays, and you can witness everything live, including our special guests, like on Monday, with uh, Javier Munoz from Hamilton and Suggest. David Harbour from Stranger Things. So, so just come by. Does that mean that you can get me tickets to Hamilton now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. All right. I can get you tickets for the place down the street from Hamilton. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. 
They is talk that, about Hamilton there. Karen Burr's bar? Is that <laughs> yeah. Burr's bar. Burr's bar. Can you get me tickets to On Your Feet, which is in the theater right next to Hamilton? <laughs> I'll take it. Anything. Anything I can. Well, we have reached the end of our 2016 year in review for Flame On. But before we sign off, I wanted to give my pick for the best pop culture moment of 2016. And I've actually got a couple things that I think were really amazing. Uh, Marvel's Luke Cage was a series that I didn't think I was going to enjoy as much as I did. And it really just, it 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 was spectacular. Uh, yeah, it had its flaws. It had some issues here and there. But overall, I think it was something that was sorely needed uh, in our our world today. And it did what it was supposed to do. I, I think it was an amazing show. Um, New York Comic Con was a fantastic, fantastic event. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to see people that we only get to really see that time of year when we go to the convention. Uh, to our friends at Rock Bar, the last segment you heard was part of our fan feud event at Rock Bar. So thank you to Jason and and everybody that helped put that together and to all of our guests uh, for that show. But I think the thing that kind of came out of nowhere for me and really made an impact for 2016 was Issa Rae's HBO series, Insecure. Um, I binged through it in two sittings. It's an eight-episode HBO series, the first one ever written, directed, and starring a a black woman, and it was fantastic. Um, I am looking forward to seeing more from Issa, for uh, upcoming seasons of Insecure. And if you have not checked it out, if you don't have HBO, find someone who does. Get their HBO Go login and uh, and watch you some Insecure. Uh, it really, it, it it's extremely impactful and extremely um, amazingly well done. So with that being said, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you everyone out there listening Uh, You've been amazing. We couldn't and would not do this without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you from all of us at Flame On, from Brian, from Oral, Jared, BJ, Jeff, and myself. We wish you guys a very uh, happy holidays, a very healthy new year. And here's to 2017, maybe not being such a dumpster fire. Probably not. And with that being said, for the last time in 2016... Flame Off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by The Nerdy Show. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. And yes, I use Google Play. Flame On was created by me, Brian Pittard, and engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head over to patreon.com nerdyshow To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all of your favorite social networks. Follow us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast, and it's Flame On Show on Facebook and Tumblr. And we're also on a couple of those gay hookup sites, so keep your eyes open. If it's gay and geeky, 
We've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.